This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. Last time, we saw the second defeat of the Israelites by the Philistines at Ebenezer and 30,000 Israelite foot soldiers were killed. Eli, the high priest, two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed in one day, and the Ark of the Covenant was captured. Old Eli, hearing the news, fell backward off his seat, and his neck broke, and he died. His daughter-in-law, dying in childbirth, that she goes into when she receives the news, names her son before she dies, Ichabod, meaning inglorious. She says in verse 22 of chapter 4, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. And then we saw the fall of Shiloh, Shiloh, to whom it belongs, the dwelling place, the original dwelling place. And we saw in Psalm 78 how God forsook Shiloh, rejected the tent of Joseph, did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. Now, for the sake of the authority series, really only a little bit of what we're going to cover today impacts on that series. In a little way, it does. But we can't just leave the Ark of the Covenant in the hands of the Philistines. We have to find out what happens to it. So let's read in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer into Ashdod. Now Ashdod is one of the five principal Philistine cities. You'll see it on the map in the overhead. Ashdod is near the coast. And the Philistines had five main cities all together along that area. There's Gaza, which we say Gaza today, but more properly, supposedly, it was Gaza, Ashdod, uh, Ashkelon, and Ekron. And they're circled there on the overhead. Those are the five principal cities, and they're all the villages and communities. And they had five lords over these Philistine cities. Verse 2 when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Now remember, we discussed Dagon when we discussed Samson. Dagon, this is the house, this is the temple of Dagon. Dagon is the chief god of the ancient Philistines. He's a vegetation god, a god of the grain, a god of fertility. The most famous temples of Dagon were at Geza and Ashdod. And in Canaanite mythology, remember they would share information about their gods. In Canaanite mythology, Baal 
is sometimes called the son of Dagon. He has a long history in Palestine. He was worshipped by the Canaanites very early on. Uh, and Dagon worship by the Canaanites continued even as you approach New Testament times. So there's a long history of this pagan god in this area. So the Philistines captured the ark, and we saw last time how they associated the power of Israel's god, and they would write god with a small g, right, because they believe in a lot of different gods. It's just another power to them. They associate the power of Israel's god with the Ark of the Covenant. And they do it, and they see it in a very superstitious way. They have some type of religious respect for the symbol of power of a god of a different people whom they know brought down the Egyptians. So they take it in, and they set it in the house of Dagon before Dagon, before their idol to Dagon. And it's as if this Israelite God is now submissive to their God, like a victory trophy. You know, here we have the Ark of the Israelites that took down the Egyptians, and now we're going to place it in front of our God, Dagon. It's a victory trophy to them. Not only so, but the gods of the pagans often were not adverse to a partner or a pantheon of gods. Uh, though a nation or people would normally not change their god, what they would do is they would multiply them as they associated or conquered other people. They would assimilate their gods and add them into this mishmash of imagination, this mishmash of paganism and mythology. And they have a lot of different gods. So now they could have Dagon over a hierarchy of gods that included the god of the Israelites. And in that way, they would accept him as such. And you know, there's some people like that today. They'll listen about the God of the Bible. They'll listen maybe about when you preach about Jesus. And they'll take all that and try to incorporate it into their general or cosmic religious experience. Um, they'll have an attitude that all ways lead to God. So they want to hear your way about Jesus. But it's not exclusive. It's just one of many ways to them. And they have this little pantheon, this little hierarchy, where they take Jesus and place him in to a house that contains other gods or other ways of thinking. They'll think maybe that the gospel is a good moral tale. They'll say, I, I believe in this part of it, but I don't believe in that part. And they'll pick and choose, and they'll choose things from other areas of thought to mix in with Christianity a little Dagon, a little Ark of the Covenant. And they're almost looking for a universal religion which is so diluted and the world system, the universities push towards a universal religion. So diluted, of no meaning, of no value, so shapeless that nothing holds since it's so vague and it's always shifting, taking a little of this, a little of that, and mixing it all together. There's no right there's no wrong, there's no true knowledge of the one true God. And it seems very tolerant because you just take everything and blend it together like these Philistines are doing. And any partial acceptance of Christianity into such a system is mere superstition. It's not in spirit and it's not in truth. Or it's mere religiosity, the 
people that do this love the symbols of religion. They like to speak about religion. We've met a lot of people like this. They'll have conversations, in-depth conversation about all the different aspects of religion, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. Never coming to know God himself, the one true God who is, and not all these ridiculous idols and imaginations of men. Dagon here is an example of the wicked and strange thoughts and fabrications that people can come up with at best. And also, he's a type of Satan himself at worst. An image, an idol, that the evil one uses to influence the people. Through their worship of Dagon, Satan is becoming their god. So at best, it's just crazy imaginations and mythologies. At worst, demonic. It's the enemy himself using this idolatry to influence the people. So when they place the ark of the temple, God, almighty God, the one true God, he who is, who created all things, Yahweh, is not going to say how wonderfully tolerant of them to accept me into the house of Dagon. Now these people are going to worship both me and Dagon. Isn't unity a wonderful thing? Our God doesn't say that. That type of unity based upon such a mishmash of ideas, blending truth with lies, is not acceptable in God's sight. Rather, God hates compromise. He hates the contamination of truth. He despises the wicked imaginations of men. And he will not share his glory with another. But rather, what does he say? Every schoolchild could have recited this 50 years ago. Many can't today. He says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. A jealous God. Why is he jealous? Because he doesn't want his people to go away in error. He doesn't want his people controlled by demonic forces. He wants his people set free in the truth and knowing the truth about him and his nature. Now maybe someone that's listening to this sermon has been a little bit like this, has believed they're a Christian, but really has taken these sacred things. Maybe you've taken the Ark of the Covenant and brought it in and tried to unite it with the house of Dagon. And it's time to restore the purity of your faith. Or maybe for the first time in your life to make your faith pure and to take the Ark back out and have the purity of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 3. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon 
and set it in its place again. They've got to take their God and pick it up. Their God is housed in that idol and put them back where they feel he belongs because by the power of the Almighty, that statue is knocked down. And you have to ask yourself this question throughout what I'm going to read here in chapter 5. Ask yourself the question, given what happens, wouldn't you think, would not you believe that not only would the Philistines come to fear the power of God, come to respect the power associated with this Ark of the Covenant, but wouldn't you think they would recognize the worthlessness of Dagon? It is always a source of joy to hear from our radio listeners. So if you have any comments on today's study, please send them along to us. Our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Again, the address is P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane, just off Route 1. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of A Remnant Shall Return, which in Hebrew is Shi'ar Jeshub.